At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! Touchdown! Panther Talk! Panther Talk! Panther Talk! This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. MRI on uh, PJ revealed a uh, high ankle sprain. So uh, Baker will be the starter this week, uh, along with Sam. Uh, being the backup. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Anish Shroff with Panther Talk, live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. And a happy Monday to you all. Anish Shroff, Jim Zoki, Eugene Robinson. In the house. We had uh, the rare Sunday off. Uh, time to too. rest, recover, not only for us, but I know for the Carolina Panthers as well. And we've got head coach Steve Wilkes on the line. So let's bring in coach to start things off. Coach, uh, having these extra days for you, for the guys in the locker room, what did it mean? Uh, just an uh, opportunity for really for guys to uh, heal up a little bit, get healthy. And then uh, for us as coaches, our opportunity to be able to get a jump start on the Ravens. Yeah, and I want to just talk about that jumpstart because typically, you know, coaches during that time, they use that opportunity to go ahead and try to really dig deep and deeper so that they can be prepared for the next game coming up. And that's exactly what we did. You know, we did a few things over the weekend uh, to prepare ourselves for a walkthrough on Monday, uh, just being able to uh, line up in certain formations. Uh, offense and defense, so uh, as well as special teams. So it was a great start for us. And then, you know, right now we're still game planning tonight, and we'll dive into a little bit more in depth tomorrow. And of course, coach, the, the news today about uh, PJ with a high ankle sprain. So uh, Baker, the starter, Sam as the number two for this week, gives you a little bit of extra head start uh, knowing that information going in. Yeah, what does that do now as far as the preparations and uh, the shift to get at the quarterback position? Uh, I think, you know, uh, the process is still the same. Those guys do a great job of, of preparing. And as coaches, we try to do what we can to put them in position to be successful. So, uh, unfortunate, you know, with PJ, but um, Baker's been a pro about this. Uh, he's been an ultimate teammate. Uh, and then now it's just his opportunity, you know, to step up and start again. So, uh, looking forward to once again, 
you know, with Baker getting his chance, he he know a little bit about this uh, this division, mm-hmm. uh, being in it for so long, and you know, going against this defense, new another defensive coordinator, but still the same style of play. You know, and maybe I was a little like maybe tougher on PJ, and that maybe not knowing the extent of his high ankle sprain, because coach, I've always wanted him to go ahead and run to pull the ball when it's a defensive end, and not when it's a a secondary person. And maybe I was just a little bit tough because I think his game could have been even more enhanced with his ability to go ahead and use his feet because he's so devastating when he does. I agree. And that's some of the things we've talked about with P.J. over the last couple of weeks, you know, really seeing the the, the right look and then having an opportunity, which he did once. Yes, he did. Uh, in, in, in the game, and you saw exactly he was very effective in doing that. So just having an opportunity to be able to read it and do it a little bit more because you're right, he can win with his feet. Coach, how has Baker handled these last five, six weeks? Uh, I, I thought he was the ultimate pro. Just, you know, supporting P.J., uh, being there in, in the meeting rooms, uh, his uh, uh, attention to detail on the practice field, still being vocal. And, you know, I didn't see it during the game. Someone told me about it, you know, the clip that he had with the offensive line coming off the field and, you know, headbutting the guys. So, uh, I'm just very pleased, you know, again, just to call him an ultimate pro and how he handled everything. And now this is an opportunity to get back here, get back in there and just lead the charge with the offense. I guess the headbutting is something appreciated but not encouraged Don't uh, do without it. a helmet. <laughs> Don't do it. No, no, I definitely wouldn't encourage that. <laughs> what um, What do you make as you had some time to look at the, the tape, obviously, with the extra days there? of the, the, just the dominance in the rushing game, which is a credit to the offensive line up front, but 232 yards, and obviously that's any quarterback's help, or just the way that's all come together with Deontay and the group that's blocking for those guys? I think it, you know, it starts up front. I say that all the time you know, in what we do. Um, the offensive line has been doing a tremendous job and really coming off the ball, creating a new line of scrimmage and getting to the second level. So when you have backs right here that, that aren't getting touched until they get to the second level, that's very impressive because we feel like we can make the first one miss. And mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, giving the QB an opportunity to go through his progression, I, I thought the pocket has been clean you know, for his protection. And on the flip side of that, when I'm thinking about that defensive line, the one thing that I noticed in that Falcons game was the the not only the emergence, but how devastating Derek Brown can be of getting penetration on the other side of the ball, almost playing on the other side of the ball all day long. And so hit that guy in there is a disruptive force indeed and a person that you can really build a defense around. I agree totally. I think his game is just continuing to, you know, step up each and every week. And, uh, you know, I challenge him as well as the other coaches in trying to excel and be the best at his position. Uh, you know, the double teams he's able to hold and split, you know, the one-on-ones. Yes. He's beating, he's beating those guys. And like, as you mentioned, getting penetration in the backfield. And even in the pass rush, you see him collapsing the pocket inside. So, uh, you know, we definitely missed him against Cincinnati. Glad they have him back against Atlanta. You know, and looking forward to him trying to make a, his presence known in this game against the Ravens. And to his credit, Coach, and this is just a comment, he reminds me of a Cortez Kennedy and a Warren Sapp, that explosiveness and power, and I'm not going to be moved out of there. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to say yeah, that. You have- you're having an opportunity to play with the first guy for sure in, in Cortez, and, and you definitely, you know, put him in, in the um, in the company of two great players. So, uh, you know, hoping he can continue to uh, progress each and every week and, and eventually have that kind of status. Coach, what's the impact on the secondary of losing a guy like Dante for the year? 
uh, you know, it's, it, it's, you know, it hurt uh, because number one, his leadership and what he means back there to the, to the group is, is, is paramount. So uh, those guys got to step up not only with their play, which I feel like have Keith Taylor, you know, uh, Tay Hayes, those guys, but, also, now you're looking for guys like J.C., you know, Horn, you know, second-year guy trying to emerge and be that vocal leader, which I know he can be. And then with Jeremy Chin, I know he's been out. How close do you feel he is? Uh, he had a great week last week. He's progressing. Uh, it looked good today in the walkthrough and some of the things we had him doing. So uh, I'm really hoping that he can go this week. And coach, quickly, what does Taylor bring to the table at cornerback? I mean, I I just like the way that young man moves and 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 and, and position. He just he seems to do things right when he's in there. Yeah, he he does. Um, number one, he has some things that you can't coach. He has a length, and um, you know he, he's real good at the line of scrimmage for his press man. Uh, I think he play, plays well with his eyes and, and, you know, with our progression of zone and the things we have to see for seeing two to one. Uh, and he's physical in the run game. Mm. So, I mean, he complements everything that we do from a DNA standpoint. Of course, facing Lamar Jackson is a unique challenge. And, I, you know, we all know how good he is. I didn't realize his stats are essentially double any running back on the roster. Like, he's facing for maybe a 1,000 yards rushing this season. You're having been around – Cam, when he was here, does that kind of give you a little bit of experience of things that somewhat work in terms of dealing with a quarterback who's an exceptional elite running back like that? I think it's a little different. Cam was a runner, but, you know, what they're doing with Lamar is, is totally different. I mean, it's truly the college element of, of you know, creating an extra gap. Uh, you know, you always feel like you're a man short in what they're doing. So uh, he, he can do a great job of really like, you know, reading it and going through his progression and pulling it at the right time to create positive yardage. So uh, it's a challenge for us. And, you know, again, you know, we just got to be sound in our execution. And coach, typically what we would do when, when it was a John Elway or a guy that was a, a running quarterback, there was a guy that was always assigned to spy this guy to go get him if, in fact, you have to go ahead and get him. Now, I know that uh, presents uh, problems with, with Lamar because he's so, he's so good, but is that some of formula that, you know, that is employed when you got somebody like that who can run as well? I think you got to explore all your options when you're dealing with a guy that's so dynamic like this and, you know, keeping contained, keeping him confined, you know, doing whatever you got to do. If it's putting, putting a spy guy on him, you know, I think, you know, everything is open in regards to trying to defend him. Is there anything that you can take away from having played a Kyler Murray, Marcus Mariota twice that applies to Lamar Jackson? Uh, discipline, you know, um, good patience, being, being uh, technique sound and your fundamentals and what you're doing. Uh, because it just takes one guy to get out of position. So, uh, you know, going against those guys, as you just mentioned twice with uh, Mariota and then with uh, Kyle Murray, it's all about being disciplined. All right, Coach, before we let you go, I mentioned a couple weeks ago you were repping the App State sweatshirt, and then on Friday it was the West Charlotte alma mater T-shirt. How was your uh, high school football experience with the playoff team there? Uh, it, it, you know what, I, I went by the high school early that day, talked to coach and spent some time and, uh, you know, I wanted to get home and, you know, I had dinner with the family and didn't make it out to the game. We won the game. Yes, y'all did. I was, proud I was there of. at halftime and y'all was crushing them. 30, y'all was kicking <laughs> so, so that, was, that was good to know. And then, you know, <laughs> looking forward to seeing who we play this week.
Don't matter, Coach. The way your boys were rocking, my goodness, they're really good. They got a, Coach got them rocking up there now. Yeah, so Coach, when, when do we see the Charlotte Rage sweatshirt come out? <laughs> oh, my goodness, Charlotte Rage. You, you, you take me back, Anish. <laughs> so, so you lost it, huh? No, no, I, I still have the jersey. I don't have the sweatshirt, but I have the jersey. All right, Coach. <laughs> hey, uh, Coach, appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Hey, thank you, guys. Take care now. All thank right. you. Panthers head coach with Charlotte Steve Rage Wilson. on him. Charlotte, mm-hmm. Well, you know we've seen App State. Uh huh. We've seen West, West Charlotte. Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the trifecta, right? And of course, you know our first uh, color commentator was Roman Gabriel, who was the GM of the Charlotte Rage back oh, in wow. the day. Oh, Little known fact: Roman did a lot of. Oh, he did X. Uh, what, it wasn't the XFL. It was uh, the, the WLAM. Yeah, yeah. WFL. The World League of American Football, the yeah. Raleigh Durham Skyhawks. <laughs> so, and he was with the Charlotte Knights uh, baseball wow, team. Okay, here for all of, right. And the Gastonia Rangers. So Roman had a couple Rome. of different things. I'm sure, uh, obviously, that uh, coincided with uh, Coach Steve being on that team. And West Charlotte, I'm just telling you, I, I was at that game. They're dominant. They were extremely dominant. It was like 35-7 to seven at, at the half. You know, before we go to break, I think with what Steve Wilkes has done here in these five games as interim head coach, he has positioned himself to get serious consideration. When you think of the hand that he was dealt, you, you come in, your first game is against the defending Super Bowl champions – Christian McCaffrey gets traded. This team has rallied outside of you know, that first half against Cincinnati. They've played hard. They could easily be 3-2 and two in his tenure. i, I got to tell you, he's made a strong case here, a real strong case. And, and the strong case is because in the news was everything about Jeff Saturday, you know, going to the Colts um, and, and being that coach. And then I heard different commentators talking about, hey, well, what about Coach Wilson? See how he's doing. He's doing it the right way, being an interim guy. And you can see him. You know, it's not like giving to him. It's like he's earning it, right? And I agree. I, I agree with you. I think that Coach Wilkes has really earned the opportunity. Nothing on Jeff Saturday, but just earned the opportunity. The way that we've been playing and how well we've been playing, with the exception of Cincinnati, I would say, I said, it's what you want this team to go ahead and do. And, and you know, here it is. I, and maybe I'm a homer, maybe because I, I like him. I'm like, yes, I would keep him as a head coach. Immediately, I, I like um, among the many things to like is the decisiveness yes. when it yes. comes to coaching staff, personnel, starters. Eddie's my kicker. Shy is my punt returner. Yep. And then if it's not time, if it's time to move on, these two coaches are jettisoned out. Assistant coaches, so making the hard decisions too, not just being just a pat on the back guy. But I, I like the fact that uh, he comes in. He's got a plan each week. He's focused on that one task each week, which is Baltimore. In this case, he's not addressing any. Uh, things that are down the road, like what's going to happen at the end of the year, what's going to happen for Thanksgiving. And, you know, all this stuff is like very much predicated on this week, and the focus is entirely on whatever's happening in the moment. There's a streamlined message. The authority is streamlined. There's just a lot of things that are aligning right now. And sometimes the results on the field, yeah, you may want a little bit more, but with where this team was and where it is now, it's, it's like night and day. To it's me. night and day. It really is night and day. And even when I'm out and about, and people know that, hey, you, you guy one on guys on the radio, right? I'm saying, yeah, so I'm one of those guys. And they're like this, hey man, Wilkes is doing a great job. Everybody is singing no that tune. Wilkes is doing a great job. Wilkes is doing a great job. You brought up West Charlotte. You brought up App State. We know his history with this team, Charlotte Rage. People in this Smith. community are rooting for him. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. J.C. Smith, he was an assistant to begin there, too. So, it, yeah, that's the thing. People are rooting for him. Now, you got to win. It can't just be because you're here. 
Uh, so you got to back it up with uh, with winning, but I mean also winning within reason, as you said, with the hand you're dealt. But you can see just the organization, yes, the standards, uh, the the commitment to things that matter that are the uh, the ingredients to winning, whether you win or not, or are being put in place. And just quickly, he said that we got L- L- Lamar. We know how devastating Lamar Jackson is, right? He's like you got to use everything to stop this guy. You know, Mariota. We did a great job second on, second time on Mariota and and Kyler Murray. You know, he said, all hands on deck, discipline, all the things that you got to be, because if you're not, you're going to be you're going to be a, a world full of hurt. They're yelling at us to take a break. Oh, take but, a break, but, my but bad. I, but I will say this before we go. Okay, just sorry, Wendell. Show now. Real quick. <laughs> there were a couple times during the game where I thought about you, Eugene, when Marcus Mariota was throwing those YOLO balls. Yes. I said, Eugene right now is thinking I could add three picks today. <laughs> Easy. Watch out, baby. More to do on Panther Talk here on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Panthers bring the heat. Mariota in the pocket, hit by Burns, and engulfed back inside the Atlanta 40-yard line. Mariota takes the snap, under pressure, trying to escape, running for his life, and he's sacked! Four-man rush, seven-man drop, Mariota is sacked! It's Haynes again! Back inside the 20, the Panthers take over. The D-line came to play. The pass rush seals it for Carolina. When you deal with Mariota and you try to get him in a third and short type situation, you still have the element of the first and second down calls. So he's always having the ability to be able to run. But when we got him in the third and long, and then now we can pin our ears back and go get him. So it was a great job in trying to get him in in, in situations like that. And I thought Al did a great job dialing him up. Back to Anish Roth, Eugene Robinson, and Jim Zoki with Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Season high, five sacks for the Panthers. They were paying rent in the Atlanta backfield yes, they on was. Thursday. Mm. little extra time off to heal, to recover. It's been a trying few weeks for this franchise. Get that mental break. You get that physical break. Given what we've been through, through 10 weeks so far, Eugene, how do you think that helps? Oh, whenever you get a little... You, you, you have that little spell when you know, and it's not a bye week. The fact you played on Thursday, it just kind of feels that way. It just kind of feels that you got a lot of days off, even though it's not a super lot of days off. And every day, what you're not practicing, it you just get a chance to recover, you know. And here's the other thing that I I like. I liked how the defense bounced back after the Cincinnati performance. They bounced back royally. They they got after it. I mean, the discipline to make sure they kept Mariota in the pocket, and, and then the, the putting the airs back at Cosette on third down and long to go have to go get him, and making sure that everything gap was short, you know, was 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 secluded and, and and protected. They did a great job of that, and that and that was something that was missing. And that's what I talked about. That defense. That defense is a defense that looks like that, not the defense I saw in Cincinnati. It's interesting, this league, though, isn't it? It's like we get a chance to watch football yesterday more than usual. It's like it's such a fine line. And I don't mean like this team might win or lose, but I mean this team might blow somebody out and then get blown out yes. the next week. It's like really unpredictable. Who sat here when we were doing training camp? Go, Minnesota Vikings, that's my team. I mean, it's just nope. uh, it's crazy. When you look at the Rams, or what, three and six? It's like they're, they're three and seven. <laughs> they're three and six at least. Even Philadelphia, where... 
they had a really good roster. We had questions about Jalen Hurts, who might be the MVP right now. Might be the MVP. And now look at how Dallas, the emergence of Dallas, and you saw that uh, the Packers were off their rocker, and the yeah. Packers end up winning a game. You like just going, how did they beat Dallas Cowboys? And you lost to Detroit. And you lost to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Broadcast roundtable brought to you by Sitco. Keep your engine clean with Tri Clean Sitco gasoline. Sitco, let's go together. We go together again with Baker Mayfield this weekend against Baltimore. Familiarity with the Ravens. He started against them eight times, three and five, quarterback rating north of 80 against Baltimore. Does that matter? It matters. It's the same thing that mattered when P.J. was going against the Atlanta Falcons, going back against Atlanta and having that familiarity. And the fact that you already just played these guys – Baker knows things that we don't know, and there's some nuanced things that Baker knows some that we won't know, and some things that he's going to feel that we don't know, and that he's going to make a right decision because, oh man, that's that kind of reminds me of this. It's just a feeling, and from that standpoint, that's when you kind of go with the the hot hand, if you will, and that's when you go with a guy because he's familiar. That familiarity is a big thing. If I kind of have a pre-snap look and I know exactly where the ball may be going on this side of the field as opposed to that side of the field, well, guess what? I don't have to protect that side of the field. I can put all my efforts into the other side of the field because I know the ball is going that way. That's what Baker knows that we don't know. And it's still a John Harbaugh coach team, so he's been there. I know players change and assistant coaches change. They're not as... um they're not as intimidating and dominating on defense as they have no. in the past years this year, though. They used to be do- like a dominating defense, but I think that, you know, Baker knows things about that secondary or the schematics of the secondary or how they may play. Like, if, if it, do they play Tampa too? Or does the middle linebacker, does he actually run with that guy down the seam? Or maybe not. Uh, where could I fit the ball at? So, they, all that. They did get things. an extra piece on defense, yes. though. Roquan Smith is a mm-hmm. heck of a piece. Yeah, 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 you're absolutely right. But it just. When you have an idea of what somebody's going to do, it just makes a big difference. You feel a little bit more comfort level with that. And because of that comfort level, you're able to play a lot freer. All right. Injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina. No matter if you're injury prone, weekend warrior, parent of a child needing orthopedic care, when things look bad, choose better. We've talked about a number of these issues. Of course, P.J. Walker with a high ankle sprain. He will not be placed on IR. But, of course, Dante Jackson was placed on IR today with the Achilles injury. Uh, Matt Ioannidis is out with a cap injury. And uh, Giovanni Ricci out with a neck injury. Ortho Carolina, a better choice and official team physician of the Carolina Panthers. Ahead on Panther Talk, we'll talk to Adam Beasley, National Director of Pro Football Network, not to be confused with Pro Football Focus. That's who we take the cheap shots at during every broadcast. (laughs) And we'll hear from our new third tight end, I guess, Cam Irving, who checks in as an eligible receiver. Did that a lot on Thursday night. We'll hear from the uh, former Florida State O-lineman now with the Panthers when we come back here on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Hand off format, running right side, going downhill, 10-5, touchdown! Deontay Foreman, keep trucking! Just a mindset that we, we established a long time ago. You know, everything we do starts up front, and uh, I talked to the guys all week, and particularly last night as we had the uh, team meeting. In order for us for us to win this football game, we're going to have to control the line of scrimmage. It was, and kudos to the offensive line. I mean, those guys came off the ball for 232 yards. You look at, um, you know, Foreman had, um, I believe it was 130. Uh, just a tremendous job up front. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. I'm here with Panthers offensive lineman Cam Irving. Cam, 
Now, this O-line's been getting a lot of praise. D- describe what you're seeing in practice from the group up front, and, and, and if anything's changed over these last few weeks. Uh, you know, nothing's changed. Uh, I mean, the recipe's been the same since training camp. Um, it just takes time for guys to find, you know, to find a happy spot of being able to play and the chemistry, the communication. Because um, the offensive line has to play. Have five guys have to play as one. You know, so, uh, I mean, it's just been an ongoing process all year, and these guys have really started to turn on and, like, lay on guys these last few weeks. Describe what you've seen in terms of progression from uh, Icky, who I know you've been mentoring a little bit. Night and day from the time he's gotten here. Uh, you know, just the way he plays the game, the physicality he plays with, the effort. Um, I mean, he does a lot of things you can't really coach. So you just have to try to, you know, help that guy in those, in, in those areas. But, I mean, his development is, is, is amazing, man. He's getting better and better every week on in, in every aspect of his game. What are some of the things as a veteran you can point out to him that when you think back of your days as a rookie, somebody had pointed out to you? Uh, honestly, man, just technique. Make sure he's harping his technique and make sure he's, uh, you know, like I said, when you take good, when you take good footwork, play with your hands the right way, uh, I mean, the game slows down for you and you can actually uh, lean on your intangibles, the things that, you know, that, that you're just blessed with. And, you know, for him, that's just like his strength and his aggression in, in, in the game. Um, you know, he's locked down a lot of that footwork and he's kind of created some of his own things. And, um, you know, that, that that's just been one of those things where uh, it's just been a joy to watch, man. You know, just a guy you, you continually see to get better every week. When Deontay's behind you as an offensive lineman, what kind of feeling do you get when it's a big power back who you know, um, it, whether you make a hole for him or not, he can also be his own blocker? Right. Man, it's, it's amazing playing for Defoe, man. I mean, he's he, he's been doing the same type of thing since training camp, since I met him. And honestly, uh, since I've been in the NFL and I've seen this guy play on different teams, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's just a pleasure to play with a guy like that. Uh, he can... You know, he can make all the runs. And what guys have started to understand is he got more speed than they gave him credit for. But, uh, you know, he, he's been doing a tremendous job for us, man. He's only getting better as well. So, uh, I mean, it's always exciting to have a back in the backfield like that. Was that a matter of just opportunity? Uh, I mean, I believe so, you know. Um, and that's on, you know, you know, that's – I feel like that's one of those things where you think is is it someone's fault. It's no one's fault. You know, we had a guy who, who was our guy and the offense went through him. And, you know, now we're, we're trying to create an identity, you know, without him. So, uh, you know, he's done a tremendous job of stepping into that role and being a guy who gives us a spark and who can run the ball and do everything that we need him to do. As a unit, I know you guys heard a lot of stuff last year. How much of a point of pride is it this year that now people view you as, as the strength of this team? I mean, that's just a testament to those guys going out there and putting in the work, man. Um, I mean, we all work to compete and, you know, make sure we, we try and help each other get better every day, every week in practice. And, you know, those guys that are out there are doing exactly what they need to do. Um, they're they're being physical, heavy-handed, laying on guys and uh, protecting the heck out of the passer. Uh, I mean, just being patient with, with with everything and letting the game come to them. Uh, I mean, that's been one of the biggest parts. Thanks, Cam. Appreciate it. 
This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Brought to you by Atrium Health. Because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. Second down and eight. LaVisca Chenault motions behind the formation. He catches the screen. Chenault's got the 40, 35, 30, accelerating down the sideline. See you later. Touchdown, LaVisca Chenault. I think the key thing that you just mentioned is unselfish, and we try to preach that throughout uh, our whole team, particularly in the receiver room. And when you look at LaVisca and that score that he had, you know, people aren't talking about the two perimeter blocks. Uh, that the receivers had. So a uh, tremendous job at those guys, as you said, not being selfish, understanding that I'm going to get my opportunities. But there's times I'm going to have to come down and block the uh, support, whether it's the linebacker or safety. Or in this situation on that screen, you know, uh, the safe, the nickel and the DB. So a uh, tremendous job. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Joining us now on Panther Talk is the National Director of the Pro Football Network, Adam Beasley. Adam, you cover everything. You've got your eye in the sky. You're watching things unfold. We are 10 weeks into the season. In in your eyes, is there a clear-cut front-runner in the NFL right now? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, obviously, you got to go with the undefeated team. Certainly, the uh, in the NFC, the Eagles uh, are, uh, I wouldn't say head and shoulders above the rest, but they there is there is some separation between them and the field. Uh, the Vikings are a great story, no doubt. Uh, I think the Eagles are, are pretty convincingly a more complete team. Minnesota plays a lot of close games. We saw one again uh, on Sunday. Um, that is, at some point could bite you. They, they you know the advanced statisticians say. Uh, if you win all of your close games, that's not super sustainable. The Eagles don't really play close games. They, by and large, crush teams. Um, and, and, and I think that's why they're, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty clearly the best team in the NFC. In the AFC, it's, it, it really is wide open. I thought the Bills and the Chiefs were the class, but Josh Allen's injury the last two weeks, the way the Dolphins have been playing as of late, Baltimore is a dangerous team. Uh, I really see that as a true four-team race, and the uh, AFC playoffs could be pretty wild. You mentioned Baltimore. That's the Panthers' opponent this coming weekend. And I know uh, for our viewers and our listeners, you were to the Ravens at one point. What Darren Gant is here to the Panthers. You worked for the team. You wrote for the team. But when you look at this Baltimore team, all three of their losses, they had a sizable lead in each of those games and let it slip away. Are we sleeping on Baltimore a little bit? I I think yes, but I also think you kind of are what you are. I mean, they are certainly a top three, top four team when it comes to down in, down out. DVOA, they're third, I'm sure. Explain what you mean by that. Uh, It's Football Outsiders' advanced stat. They they, they take into basically consideration everything that happens in a game, offense, defense, special teams, and comes up with a rating. Uh, I don't know the secret sauce behind it, but it is a pretty good gauge of of how how these teams are tiered. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think when they are playing well, when Lamar's playing well, uh, they're a really, really tough out. Uh, you mentioned their losses. I think each one of them, they, they led by double digits in the second half, maybe even the fourth quarter. They're a team that just, you know, defensively they've got some, some concerns, but offensively when they're clicking, when Lamar's going, uh, he's a true MVP candidate. So I, I would not count them out of the, uh, you know, the playoff hunt by any stretch of the imagination. I think they're going to be there to the end. As somebody who covers the league from a national perspective, what's your view right now on the NFC South? <laughs> well, uh, until this week, uh, the entire team was the entire league was below 500, I believe. Uh, so that tells you all you need to know. It's been 
some slop. It's been some mediocrity. You can call it whatever you want. Bad football, I think, is fair. Really, the issue is this. There has not been good, consistent quarterback play in that division. Now, Brady seems to have been turning it on the last couple of weeks. That game-winning drive he had against the Rams kind of jump-started him a bit, and he looked really good uh, over in Germany on Sunday against the Seahawks. But uh, Marcus Mariota is a limited quarterback. Certainly you know what's going on in Carolina. And the Saints, uh, their, their dance between Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston has not gone well. Uh, Dalton looked pretty bad uh, last week against the Steelers, losing a team that they had no business losing to. Uh, so I think as the quarterback play goes, so goes that division. And there's a reason that you don't, the sense is neither one of those four teams are going to make any noise, whichever one does make the playoffs. Well, one of them has to, and folks here in Carolina look at a team like Tampa Bay, and you say, okay, you're, you're a couple of games out of the division. You've got the head-to-head win against Tampa Bay. This corner that the Bucks have turned the last couple of weeks, how much confidence do you have that you know, the staying power for Tampa is real and they can get back to what we thought they would be at the beginning of the season? Well, they're getting healthy, and that helps. Uh, I mean, Brady certainly isn't the player he was, I would say, even two years ago. Uh, but he's still pretty good, uh, and when he's got his full complement of weapons, he's, he can be really good. Um, but look, I mean, they, they've only scored. I'm looking looking at their their last seven eight games, and they they've scored over 30 once all season. Uh, their last four weeks, three 22, 16, 21. This is a team when it does win. It wins largely because of defense and then making a couple of plays. Now, obviously, Sunday against Seattle, they, they almost blew a big lead. But by and large, this is a team that's driven by its defense. And the good news is the defense is pretty good. So I just don't see it this year. I, I think their window has closed. Um, and if they were in a division with, you know, B, B-plus, even A quarterback play, they would be the second or third best team in the division. Adam with Carolina. You've got Baltimore, a division-leading opponent this weekend, and then the rest of the schedule is fairly soft. Denver, Pittsburgh, at Seattle, which is still winnable, uh, Detroit at home, and then the last two games are your division rivals, Tampa Bay and New Orleans, to close the season. Are you you trying to talk me into a Panthers playoff run here, Anish? Listen, I'm, I'm just asking you, what possibility do you see of this team Having a chance to go into those final two games against division rivals where that could mean something. Yeah, I, I think they'll be playing meaningful football uh, after their bye, and that's week 13 it looks like. And as, as you mentioned, you know, the Seahawks are a tough out, but uh, there are some winnable games on that schedule. Uh, I think Steve Wilkes deserves a fair amount of credit for, for keeping that team playing hard. Um, that, that defense, you know, the, the Bengals game, um, notwithstanding, has played pretty well. And if they can figure out the quarterback situation, obviously you know that situation a lot better than I do. Uh, there are some winnable games on that schedule. I, I, I would say this. I don't, I don't think anyone's going to catch the Bucks at this point. I think it's one of those deals where once, you know, I'm a big horse racing fan of Niche, and they, the horses turn from home, and one starts picking up some momentum. He's a, he's a nose ahead, he's a neck ahead, he's a length ahead. All of a sudden, boom, he wins by four or five lengths. To me, I, that's how I see the NFC South playing out. The, the Buccaneers are, are by far uh, the most complete team in that division, uh, and if they can get their offense right, uh, they'll, they'll probably win it. You know, outside of the Belmont Stakes, Secretary had started at the back of the pack in the Derby and the Preakness. You know that as a horse racing guy. I do, but they also, he also won Belmont by like 75. Yeah, he did. He set the record, and if they had the timer right, he would have had the record at the Preakness too. Adam Beasley, National Director of Pro Football Network, joining us here on Panther Talk. Appreciate you, bud. 
Anytime, my friend. We're back after this on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. With Jim Zoki, Eugene Robinson, and his Shroff Panther Talk rolls on. Panthers and Ravens for the Week 11 matchup. Already Week 11, Carolina 3-7, and seven, two games out of first place in the NFC South. Um, I, I want to pick up where I sort of left the conversation off with Adam Beasley from Pro Football Network, and, and that is yeah, the Ravens are the hardest remaining game left on the schedule. You get through Baltimore. You start to look ahead, and we can do that. We don't have to take it one game at a time. You get Denver, which has all sorts of issues right now with Russell Wilson. And Denver is here, is that correct? Denver's here. Yes. Okay, good. A bye week. At Seattle, which has exceeded expectations, but Geno Smith is still the quarterback. You get Pittsburgh. You get Detroit. Forget the last two games, Tampa and New Orleans. Uh, Eugene, what are the odds that you can get to those last two games with something substantial like a division title to play for? Absolutely, you can. And you know, and I don't think that Baltimore is too far-fetched either. I mean, any team could be any team. And when you're playing well defensively and offensively, you can score. Anybody can be anybody. We've seen that all across the league, as, as we talked about. And then to, to have yourself in the conversation, this team has been playing really hard football and been playing really well for Coach Wilkes. This team can really put themselves in a the conversation. Pittsburgh is a winnable game. Denver's a winnable game. There's no doubt about that. And then we look at the Saints and Tampa. Absolutely. Those guys are winnable, winnable games indeed. Jim, is there a number you think they got to get to in terms of wins going into Tampa and New Orleans at the end? Yeah, I think as you look at, so you're talking about now five games to get to those last two, you know, minimum, I think you'd have to go three and two, three probably and two. be six and nine to be in the conversation. And again, you might have to win out, get eight and nine to get there. And we'll see if Tampa Bay, I mean, they're kind of plotting along, but they're five and five. So they could plot along to like a 10 and seven or a nine and eight. So you may or may not get there, but um, you know, it keeps you in it and having a chance at the end. And if you got a shot, it's just like being in the playoffs. If you're in the playoffs, if you're in the tournament, you yes. got a chance to win the tournament. So if you're in it with two weeks to go, it means you got a chance to win the division because of the head to head games going. And they like said nobody in the division is scaring anybody. As no. New Orleans lost again this week, as we saw. Atlanta, we just saw with the quarterback, I mean, they're going to struggle. So they, they do some good things, but uh, that's not good. I'm looking at Tampa's closing schedule. So week 11 this week, they've got a bye. At Cleveland, on the road, uh, that O-line has had struggles. That's a pretty good defensive front. We mm-hmm. saw what they did to the Bengals on Monday Night Football recently. Home against New Orleans in what should be a, a fun Monday night game. At San Francisco. Home against Cincinnati at Arizona. Yeah, that's a tough stretch. Okay. That's not easy. That's no. not easy. No, that's not easy at all. I'm, I'm just telling you, we can be really in this whole conversation. There's no doubt about that because this team is – I mean, do you think about the Falcons game? The first one, I mean, it could easily be, we could be easily be on the other side of the ledger. It looks like the first two games, we could easily be on the other side of the ledger. And so it goes back to Zoke's point. Anybody can beat anybody. And we've seen that as we've been watching games this past week because of the Thursday night game that, wow, this league is gettable. This mm-hmm. is some gettable games, no doubt. If you play hard, if you play smart, if you are, you know, really well sound and hungry to go ahead and win a game. I'm with you, Jim. I think if you can get to six wins, you put yourself in a position where you have something to play for because then it's two division games to close the season. And given how things started, if you can get there, boy, 
Uh, what a turnaround. And then you start talking about tiebreakers because you've beaten these teams yes. at the end. So if you sweep the season series, that gives you the head-to-head right there with either one of those teams. I tell you what, I, I, I like where we are, and I, I like where Coach Wilkes has the team. I tell you, this this is a, a different mood about this team. I'm, I'm, it, it is. There's a different mood and a different feel that this team has previous to the previous five nice or six weeks. It's actually to be weeks. here in mid-November talking about a three and seven team to even now talk about it. Because sometimes you get, like if you're in Philadelphia's division, you're like, oh, yeah. well, that was a nice season. <laughs> oh, exactly. Because they're 8 no yep. heading into their game tonight. And don't so. forget Dallas is what, what 6-3? and three? Yeah, so take advantage of the fact that the division is off this year. But you know, these teams are going to build. I think not only Carolina, Atlanta's set up for success with their cap next year. Like They get out of salary cap heck after this year as well. So I think Atlanta's going to be a team that's going to be on the rise. They'll probably try to get their quarterback. The Panthers will be on the rise. New Orleans, we'll just see what's going on there. But Tampa Bay, I think they're going to keep falling back to the pack because they're like the Rams. They went all in, and now yes. they have to pay the, the bills for winning the Super Bowl two years ago. You sold your soul, but you got the Super you Bowl. You got the Super Bowl, though. And now the devil collects. We've got one more segment here. We'll step aside. Panther Talk returns after this. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki, and Ish Shroff with you. Wrapping up Panther Talk. we got a few more minutes to go. Uh, let's revisit the quarterback derby here. We're back to Baker Mayfield as the starter. And, Jim, the, the wild card now in the mix is who the number 2 quarterback is this week. Sam Darnold, active for Baltimore, first time this season. It's almost like you're playing like a slot machine. It came up this week, Baker, Sam, PJ. Last week was PJ, Baker, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) But high ankle sprain is the one that always shows up. Yes, that's the the triple bar is is a high ankle sprain. And, uh, yeah, again, uh, we'll see these guys are are all, again, we know their, their contract situations. They're all kind of on the last year of a deal here. So we'll see what Baker can do. He's had success in his career, but it got off to a slower start here. But now he's been in the system longer. So will 2.0 of uh, Baker you know, have more time now learning what they're doing here in uh, Ben McAdoo's offense to uh, give him a better chance with that? I don't. I just don't know, but I feel like we'll see Sam Darnold at some point because we haven't. I think that probably at some point makes sense to see what he can do out there as well. And with uh, PJ, obviously, uh, they don't always win because he's the main thing. But uh, still, the, the fact is, he's been out there for most of the wins out there this year. And do you get the sense though, like this could be a make or break week for Baker Mayfield? I because of the Sam Darnold equation. Yeah, yeah, I do feel that way. Yeah, I do. I mean, PJ's is sitting in a really good spot, at, believe it or not. I think PJ's got a roster spot oh, secure. Oh, absolutely. PJ's really, really, really good. Way, no, 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 by the way, that. Captain Hook could be halftime. I mean, we've seen that in Cincinnati. I mean, if, it's, if it comes out to like that flat against a, a good team, you could see it. Now, hopefully no one's forecasting that. Hopefully Baker goes out and balls out. But I'm just talking about it's happened as far as mm-hmm. a quarterback change has happened. At halftime. So hopefully Baker comes out, plays great football, and everything goes the way you want. But uh, it's, it's a nice problem to have is three guys that you feel you can start out there and, and have them play. And quickly, uh, the Baltimore Ravens are giving up 258 yards in passing game, right, and 66%. So that's really good. That, that bodes well for Baker Mayfield to go ahead and eat, or any of the quarterbacks. I think we're waiting for it, though. We've been at the buffet line all season. Are uh, you right about that? The plate hasn't been a full. And to your point, you got three guys. We're looking for somebody to run with this opportunity. Yeah, and um, yeah, speaking of that, running the ball. I mean, so it's like you know, it's, it's, do that. I mean, that works. That makes the team win. It, it eats up clock. It eats up yards. And 
You've got a great offensive line. You got Foreman and Chuba Hubbard out there for any quarterback back there. You know, just do that first, and uh, and uh, again, run to pass, and uh, maybe it sets up the pass. And ninety-two play yards. Actually. This team has given up ninety-two yards rushing game, and I think Foreman is made for this game. That's going to be the challenge yes. to rush on that defense. Yes, it will be indeed. And can they stay patient enough with the run? We saw how Foreman wore down Atlanta. In the fourth quarter, 30 carries, 130 yards on Thursday. Panthers-Ravens this Sunday from Balmer. This has been Panther Talk. Brought to you by Atrium Health. Because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.